You're listening to the Three Angry Giant Fans Podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere with your hosts Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen free on Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. You look at what, what Judd has to work with. If he don't have the talent, then you can't be you know, productive or you can do well. And then again, people are not sure about Daniel Jones. You know Daniel Jones, right, LT? Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, Daniel Jones is the quarterback of yeah, LT. Can you tell me Eli's not quarterback no more? Get out of here. Listen, LT do not follow the Giants at all. See, LT, I was about to ask you. All those numbers just keep running together. No, Eli Benzolo, man. Hell, they just just retired straight in Jersey. Eli Benzolo. LT, I was just about to ask you if Daniel Jones was the answer for the Giants. So that was Giants greats Otis Anderson and Lawrence Taylor being asked about the state of the Giants. And uh, Lawrence Taylor uh, masterfully trolling the Giants fans by saying he didn't know who Daniel Jones was. And uh, people took him serious. <laughs> of course they did. What, Eli's not the quarterback still? Come on, man. <laughs> He's still on cocaine, LT? Is that uh, what's what's causing that issue? It's, I think it was his attempt of humor, and people like are like, the guy's not funny. He's a beast on the field. Did I ever tell you guys about the time Otis Anderson insulted me to my face? Did I ever tell you that story? No. I, was not <laughs> I didn't. Heard the story. Yeah. So Otis Anderson was doing something at like the mall uh, back there in Binghamton, New York. And, uh, and so I, you know, I had this cool Giants banner. The Giants had won the Super Bowl a few months before. So I took the banner to have OJ sign it. You know, I thought that would be pretty cool. So I go up there and I throw it down in front of me. He goes, man, you're a big dude. Do you play football? <laughs> and I, <laughs> I said, well, I used to, you know, in, in high school. He's like, you're not in high school. I was like 25, 23. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I just like sign it. OJ, let's go. Come on. <laughs> Walked away. My friends give me a hard time. You know. OJ, <laughs> come on, man. I know. <laughs> Take uh, me to the woodshed. Embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are the Three Angry Giant fans. This is your host, Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. And before we get into what is probably the season ender in Miami that happened, let's give a shout out. So uh, we're going to go a little up further up north this time. Hello, Whippany, New Jersey. Whippany. Whippany. All Never right. Heard. I just like somewhere up Whippany. North Jersey. Maybe near my old alma mater, I think, somewhere in that area. You've heard of it, Chris? I have. Couldn't tell you exactly where it is because it's, you know, I don't know what exit it is, right? Because in New Jersey, you always got to say what fucking exit yeah. you are, you're off of, whatever. You know, someone someone always knows or asks that question. Couldn't tell you what exit, Scott, but I've heard of it. So it's near Ramapo. There you go. <laughs> Ramapo Roadrunners. Woohoo! Ramapo Roadrunners. Nice campus, by the way. Drove right through there the other day. Yeah, very nice. Actually, yeah. did, you, did you go visit Pine Hall, my old freshman uh, dorm that we was half destroyed when I was there I 40 not, years I, ago? You drove by a bagel shop that was on the corner and then had uh, lunch at the Oakland Diner. Oh, I was going to say Powell's Diner was the albeit diner back in the day. <laughs> it was only open from three to four in the morning. That was <laughs> it. They had like two things on the menu, fries and greasier fries. That was it, I think. Powell's Diner. Disaster. Perfect for a hangover. Yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, double order of greasier fries, please. <laughs> so I think our our listeners could probably tell we're really in a uh, in a rush to break down this game, aren't we? <sighs> this isn't even NFL football anymore. It's not. What do we, I don't know how to break this down. Think about it, guys. Where do you start? We've been saying this for weeks now. How do you break this down? How do you fix it? Pick any analogy you want in terms of this, this isn't even NFL football anymore. We've talked about other teams rising up, you know, and, and, and showing up teams like the Detroit Lions, who who won a game this last uh, past Sunday against a team that needed to win to stay alive in a playoff hunt. The New York Jets somehow scored three touchdowns on their first three possessions, albeit they couldn't kick a fucking extra point. <laughs> but nonetheless, they're still scoring touchdowns. How we were aware of this, because we were watching the game at our favorite watering hole this this past Sunday, watching, you know, taking in the game. And, and you know, we're, we got our beloved Giants on one screen and we got the, you know, Jet Eagle game on the other. But th- this Giant team, they, it's, I was thinking before the game, how are they even going to score 10 points this game? Yeah, we got Mike Glennon starting. We 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 understand all that, but this is not even NFL football that we we're we're trying to break down anymore, guys. Blow it up, blow it all up. I don't care if it's Joe Judge, Barkley. Blow it all up. There's nothing left. Uh, I'll nothing left. I'll probably have more to say in in later weeks on on the state of the team and what needs to change. Uh, right now, I I agree with Chris. If if the Told, asked me what to do right now. Blow it up. Uh, I don't. I don't want to see one face back here. Not one. I don't care. I. You know. Every now and then on Twitter, you'll you'll see people saying, "Okay, here's the Giants' untouchables." I don't think there's an untouchable on this team, in the front office, on the sidelines. I, I don't think there's one untouchable. And I. I almost emphatically at this point include Saquon Barkley in that, <clears throat> in that mix. But you know, I know I'm going to calm down. I, I know. When I look at the injuries, you know, a lot of te- I get it. Teams have injuries, but but I, I went through and kind of broke this down, guys, because I, I, you know, we the injuries happen and it's like a death by a thousand paper cuts, right? And and you don't even realize what the the sum total of this is. The Giants have now had significant injuries to QB one, QB two, tight end one, tight end two, three best offensive linemen, uh, you know. I go back and I look and I forgot about these guys. They've been out so long. Gates, Lemieux, and of course, Thomas has been out for an extended period. Maybe if those guys don't get hurt, we're not even talking about the offensive line today. Now, you know, and I'm only talking about offense here. Seven receivers. And and not just scrubs. Seven receivers that would be playing. Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, Tony Ross, Pettis, and Board. All significant injury time. You know, so my heart right now is breaking and I want to blow this thing up and set fire to it. And and I think we probably should anyway, because, you know, as I've said a thousand times, it all comes back to not being deep enough on the offensive line. But um, th- this thing is a mess. It's a dumpster fire. And the the maddest person I'm mad at right now is Scott for starting this segment by saying probably the season ender. The season ended a month ago. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that probably in there. I did. Yeah, right. I heard the word probably. And I was it, like, no, nah, man, it's been over. <laughs> we're going to have a segment about math later, but until okay. we're mathematically eliminated, there right. is oh, a probably Jesus there. 
<laughs> you know what this reminds me of, Cardo? You remember during the game when it was 17 to 6? And yes. Scott's devising ways we're going to come back. And you and I are just like, shut up. This game is <laughs> over and it's been over. It's like a microcosm of the season. Scott's I, looking for ways for the Giants to pull it out, man. You know you know when I lose my skull when I'm like whooping it up for the uh, for the opposing team when they're doing something good and I'm just cheering like a madman. We're like, I have my Eli Manning jersey on and there's there's people at the bar. They can't figure out what the hell's going on with me down there. Like there was even a Dolphin fan at the other end of the bar and he's looking at me probably like can't figure out what the hell we're doing because I'm cheering every like Dolphin first down, every third down conversion. It's just the whole reverse psychology of it. It's like I'm like I'm just I've lost my skull. Well, I mean, to, to, to piggyback off of Mike's discussion on the injuries, we, we officially have the most players on IR and we've lost the most man hours or man games to, to injury. Um, and, and I know people are going to say you can't use injuries as an excuse. And, and I don't know if, if, if this will give ownership an out to say Gettleman comes back, judge comes back, you know, whoever comes back. Uh, but, but, you know, the injuries are real and they do have an impact. I mean, we're playing, we saw Mike Glennon out there. He's a backup quarterback and, and Glennon actually started that game decently. And I don't know when he got concussed, but he was a statue who got more and more impatient as the game went on. He looked, you know, he looked scared. He looked, he looked jittery. Um, you know, it, it, it was one of those games where again I, I had hope that they would come back and the only hope was going to be if he threw a ball you know 60 yards downfield and all the defenders tripped and fell and and and, and we caught it um but Galladay wasn't even in there at that point he had had hurt ribs um on a play by the way later in the week we saw the video of it where it was a it was a late shot to his ribs it was like completely uncalled for it, it no flag but that you know that's that's just the way things go um I I just, you know, I mean, for, for me, this, it's tough for me to go and, and, and say heads need to roll right now. I'm sort of like with Mike, I want to see how the rest of the year goes. We're probably looking at a, at a scenario now where we might not get any wins just because we, we might not have Daniel Jones. We'll talk about that in a minute. We, we might not have even Glennon or we might have Glennon, which I, I don't know if that's good, bad. I, 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 yeah. I I'm not going to put my neck out on the line to see. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> any any positives you guys saw? I, I'll let me start. A positive, and, and this is going to grind Cardone's gears. But the use of Ingram since uh, since Kitchen's taken over, he's throwing the ball downfield to Ingram in the seam. He's getting them open. I thought Robinson and Love on on D as lo- as well as Dexter Lawrence and and Roche looked really good. I mean, the defense did not play play terribly. Um, you know, Tua did his usual completion of two-yard passes down the field. But, uh, you know, all in all, if we had a, a, a semi-functioning offense, we win the game. Yeah, I agree. You brought up a couple uh, of points, though. Yeah. Uh, now I was going to comment, Mike. It just, um, yeah, Ingram, all of a sudden, he's, he's kind of found his hands, right? It seems like he's uh, doesn't have the obligatory drop you know, at least once a game, he's, uh, seems like he's, you know, finding some uh, space in the defense and he's running some good routes and he's catching the ball. And I thought the defense played decently again, you know, Miami, again, it was one of those games where I, you know, I think our competition is playing down to their competition. And in their case, you know, the teams are, you know, the Miami just showed up and won that game. I mean, Tua wasn't going to 
their game plan was just short checkdowns, conservative type passes. I mean, two or through a couple over the middle that were, uh, you know, completed here and there. But, um, you know, Logan Ryan was uh, making fun of two. I think it was on Monday about, you know, something about his two yard, you know, pass completions. Well, I tell you what, Logan, then how about fucking pressing? jamming the 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 uh the receivers on the end don't let them get the inside slant do something about it you know do like have a where's the adjustment in any way on uh, you know in in covering that that short slant which again talk about death by uh you know a thousand paper cuts that's what it felt like with the the short slants all day with two and you knew that was coming that's kind of the the style of, of their passing game right um but that was one game where you know, early on, yeah, the Giants were you know kind of in it, but I couldn't foresee how they would just even be able to score enough points to even possibly end up uh, by the end of the game having more points than, than Miami at the end of the game. Best bet. Just just another stat that I had left off of, uh, from Mike's injuries. Do you know who the only captain is that hasn't missed any games this year? No, I was going to say Riley Dixon, Graham Gano. Close. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Graham Gano, I, I don't know. We maybe this is something we could talk about later, but I we I think we mentioned this at the bar. He is there's nobody else on this team who can even put their name in a hat for MVP of this team this year. Yeah. It's a one man race. It's, it's the kicker. <laughs> it's it's a true statement, I feel anyway. It, it's he's having the kind of year that Ali Haji Sheik had in eighty three <laughs> when the Giants when 312 and 1, it was Parcells' first year as head coach. They were awful. And Haji Sheik was was sweeping the, the 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 NFL. Guys were wearing like the the Haji Sheik hats. If you remember those painter hats, those were like a popular item back then. Haji Sheik was I think set a rookie record for 35 made field goals or something like that. The guy was kicking 56 yarders all over the place. That's who Graham Gano is. It's that's how pathetic the New York Giants are. Our best players are fucking place kicker. You know, bring it. It up, bring it up, Haji Sheik. He was a, a perfect example of something that used to happen back in that day where a kicker would just fall off of a cliff. Like, he'll go one year looking great. The next year, he might be out of the league. You don't, you don't really see that anymore. You know, if, if a guy has a bad year now, he's, he's, he's kicking 75% of his field goals still. <laughs> Although, I who was the guy for the Jets? <laughs> pre-game, oh, pre-game, Mike goes, who the hell is... Spellman or whatever his name was. Kessler. 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 I think it was Kessler. I don't think that was it, but that's what I was calling him. <laughs> and, uh, and then again, he comes out and misses the first two extra points, and then they go for it on the third <laughs> extra point. And they're losing 21 to 18, like Chris said. <laughs> three, three touchdowns for the Jets. You can see Salah's face, man. He's just like, what was I thinking taking this job? Oh, my God. What was I doing? So, uh, you know, we talked about the carpenter last week. Um, for those that aren't, aren't up to date on the carpenter, there was a tweet that went out from supposedly the carpenter of the job of the Maras saying that Daniel Jones was going to miss the game. He was going to be out for the year. And this was before the injury news came out before Jake Fromm was signed, uh, before anything. Um, so Jones neck, he was out of the game. He's out this week. And, you know, the Giants did not go back to New York after the game. They traveled to Arizona. So they're in Arizona practicing. And he left with Ronnie Barnes today, I believe, and went to San Diego early for, to get additional tests on his neck. 
So when you get additional tests on your neck, that's that's not probably a good thing. So we're looking at either a concussed Mike Glennon playing. I wonder if he got whiplash from the neck. I, I, I don't, I still, I don't know when I saw it. Um, or, or Jake Fromm. And, and the funny thing about Jake Fromm is there's, there's hype now behind him from some giant fans looking for any kind of magic to happen, thinking that Jake Fromm is the answer. Um, and we'll, we'll get in, we'll, we'll get in a little bit later, my rant on, on some of the giant fan stuff, but uh, guys ideas on the uh, quarterback situation right now. We'd be better off with Jake from state farm than fucking Jake Fromm. I mean, Jake Fromm, this is what we're trotting out there. And I tell you what, Scott, I was kind of pissed when I heard that the Giants were out there in Arizona. They they deserve a vacation at this point. What the fuck are they going to Arizona for? They can't fly from Miami back to New York, practice all week at, at home, and then fly out to L.A.? I think it's bullshit. It's, I, I, I was – not that it even matters. It's not going to matter one way or the other. But for some reason, that just ticked me off and rubbed me the wrong way, is that the Giants feel the need. It wasn't like one of those things where they're on the West Coast. You know, two weeks in a row, you hear that a lot with the East Coast. That's that's fair, right? Instead of taking the cross-country trip, you're coming from Miami. That's a two-hour flight, and they're out in Arizona. Uh, you, you think, the, you know, they're, they're dicking around at, in Scottsdale doing God knows what, at, at whipping it up at, at, you know, a couple bars down there in, in, in Phoenix. Who knows what they're doing? But this quarterback situation, I, you know, I think, Mike, you might have mentioned it during the Miami game, if we had Jones, that game, go back to Miami game. If Jones was playing that game, do the do the Giants have a chance to win or do they win? I don't know. I mean, we, we you want to believe that it, it, they it, the outcome would be different. I'm just not so sure. It's the same line, offensive line. It's the same coaches, the same game plan, the same everything. So, Scott, I don't know. The, the quarterback situation right now, I don't know what to make of Daniel Jones. I really don't. I don't think he's terrible. But I don't think he's the answer either. So what do you do in that situation? Yeah. Going forward, I don't think he's the future. Like I don't think it's it all comes down to winning, you know, divisions, making playoff appearances, you know, taking that step forward each time, winning a championship. Is Daniel Jones gonna? It, it, the, he's is he even as good as uh, I like a Matt Stafford was at Detroit? You know, putting up fantasy numbers. I don't know. And so if Jones isn't the answer, when do we go and get a different quarterback? Do we draft one? Do we look in free agency? Free agency is tough to get a quarterback, right? That doesn't happen all that often, but a franchise quarterback. So it, it, the quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. We all know that. Well, you know, you mentioned Stafford, but but look at the correlation to that. Uh, you know, look at look at who he was traded for. So you have a situation where... When Goff was in L.A., or, yeah, it was L.A., um, he, he was serviceable. He got him to a Super Bowl. Got him to a Super Bowl. Did okay. Goes to Detroit and looks like absolute shit. So, so to me, Jones could be that guy if he's on a team with the, the parts around him. Is he elevating a bad team? No, I, but I struggle like, you know, and, and this is what gets me about there, there are a lot of giant fans right now that are just spewing all sorts of hate towards Daniel Jones. Some people are cheering that he might've played his last game as a giant. I, I find Jones to be a guy who's been a, a consummate team player. It's sort of embarrassing that, that fans want to move away from him, but not only that, but that, that there, there's like now some personal insults going out to him. But the thing is, try and name any quarterback that comes here on this team and is going to be successful enough to, to, to matter. Like, are we actually going to make the playoffs with this roster composition we have in 2021 and the injuries we have? 
I don't think so. I, I don't think if you put Mahomes here, we are. Now, I, there's no way to prove that, but would another quarterback maybe be able to get another win? Maybe. But what, what, what if what if Mahomes tried so hard he was, you know, blew out his knee or something? You, you just never know what's, what's going to happen with these guys. And it's tough for me to get into the what ifs because what to me, when Daniel Jones has protection, when he has a clean pocket, he seems like he's throwing a great ball and he's finding guys. Glennon missed wide open receivers the other day. I don't think I don't think there's one quarterback in this league, and I'm talking about Tom Brady. I, you you roll them out that could make this Giants team with the injuries they have at this moment into a playoff team. It's not possible. And if you if you believe that, if you're if you're like me and you believe that, then how can you say Daniel Jones sucks? Because you can't know. You can't well, I- know. I think we start. Go ahead. Sorry. If, if the Giants have decided up there in you know whatever brain trust they have going on that Daniel Jones is not their guy, and they go and draft a quarterback in this draft and put him trot him back out onto this field with this shitty cast, we're we're gonna turn into the freaking Jets where we're drafting a quarterback in the first round every two years, and then they get traded off somewhere and have decent careers. The, the Giants are right now, and, and I don't, I think, I think the Giants have no intention of getting rid of Daniel Jones. That That's the, the Giants themselves, no matter what the fans say, I believe that the Giants have zero intention of getting rid of Daniel Jones. However, if they do, I think they are on the precipice of possibly the biggest blunder in franchise history. I think this guy could go to a Pittsburgh if they get rid of him and be in the playoffs every year for the next 15 years um, with with a different cast. I think it's a mistake. And and not to mention that, look, if we decide Jones is not the guy, we're going to run out and get another guy. We haven't learned now that we still, no matter who Daniel Jones is, we need offensive linemen for the love of Christ. Uh, it doesn't matter who you bring in after Jones, but. Well, and it's yeah. funny because we're starting to see some dissension from within. You know, you're starting to see Carl Banks come out. Uh, you know, he said the shit needs to get fixed. And basically he said this entire operation is broken. So the people that are criticizing the Giants now who are closest to the team are criticizing a lot of the moves the front office has made. They're, they're criticizing ownership. They're criticizing management. They're not saying Daniel Jones is a bad player. They're saying that there hasn't been enough core players put in place to, to be competitive. Um, and I think they're speaking of the offensive line when you, when you, when you say that. Um, yeah. So when those guys aren't coming out and they're not saying it's terrible quarterback play, which is holding us back. They're just like the whole thing's broken to, to Chris's point. When we opened up, blow the whole shit up. That that's sort of what the growing groundswell is. But Scott, I, here's the thing too, though. It's, the, I like that though. With Carl Banks is, you know, like you said, a guy who is, you know, as close to the inner circle of, you know, the, the, this team as anybody, especially like in the media. This whole operation, it, it isn't an entire operation. This isn't just one or two down years. This has been going on now. They, they have one playoff appearance since in, in ten years. They have the worst record in the NFL in the last five years. I don't know if that's changed. I don't, I doubt it. They're four and eight this year right now. So let's assume that's still intact. The worst team. That's the, that's what I cannot wrap my head around with this team is like, how can this still be going on? This isn't one year where we had the injury. You can blame, you can say all you want about the injuries. I think even with a healthy team, 
let's see if the, if the Giants were one of the healthiest teams in the in all the NFL this year. What really would their record be? I mean, they probably would have a, maybe a couple more wins, but I I, I don't know. Well, it's I will just it, it's really just the it's the roster, it's the play calling, it's the culture, it's the lack of leadership, it's the head coach, it's all of it. It's all of it. Again, like you said, Daniel Jones, maybe a nice guy. I say the same thing about Joe Judge. He might be a nice guy. I have no idea. I, I quite frankly, I don't really care what he is like off the field or even in the locker room. Can he coach an NFL team? Can he coach my favorite NFL team in the New York Giants? I don't know anymore. Well, I, I just so and a lot of stuff is theoretical too. So I mean, if you go back to 2016, 2016 is the only season the Giants have had since 2008 where they have had a team that's in the top five of health in the NFL. And it's their only playoff appearance. Every other season since then, they've been below 20 or three or four times they've been dead last or next to last. So it's really tough for me. I don't, I don't like to diminish injuries. The only problem I have with, with that talk track is that there's a lot of teams that when they're healthy, end up rising up. They're those like outlying teams you see, you know, like a, a Jacksonville Jaguars a few years ago, that that was a healthy team. You know, you get those teams that, that have some better health than the other teams. And next thing you know, they're, they, they're a one hit wonder usually. But yeah, I don't I, know, Scott, I, I, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, I was just going to answer your question, Chris. I do think out of everything that's gone on with this team, I do think if you cut our injury list in half, we are battling for the playoffs right now. It, yeah. Provided that those those injuries are helping the offensive line, you know, Lemieux and, Ga- <laughs> Lemieux and right. Gates are back. Yeah. And then, I was going to say, Scott. I think the other thing too is you, you know you can't help but look around the league, and you know we watch other games. Obviously, we watch this stuff every week, every year. And how is it? Every team suffers injuries. Of, of course, you know it, it, the the number of injuries, and of course, what position do those injuries occur at? But what I want to know is how is it that teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm just going to throw out a couple, like the Pittsburgh Steelers or, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans, um, you know, the, the, of course, you know, Green Bay, obviously with, with Aaron Rodgers, but like Arizona Cardinals are, these are teams that consistently are, are are in the playoffs. How, how is that? They don't have, you know, some of those teams I mentioned, I mean, even, you know, you look at Pittsburgh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger has been declining, we think, and in, in he certainly has in terms of his skill and ability and all those things in the last several years. How is Pittsburgh still making playoffs appearances in the mix? They're always above 500. How are other te- That's what I cannot fathom or understand how this New York Giant team can't even by accident have like a fucking like be seven and five in, in any of the last five years, just be they're, they're not. When you look at the roster, it's not the worst in the NFL. They don't seem to have the worst coaching staff in, in the NFL. They certainly don't play in the toughest fucking division in the NFL. So why is it year in and year out that we're winning three, four, five games a year when other teams around the NFL are able to maintain consistently above 500 records and make the playoffs? I can't, I don't have an answer for that. That's what I just struggle with. Preach that. That was awesome, Chris. That, I mean, we're talking about in the time period you're, you've mentioned there, we're talking about different head coaches, different offensive coordinators, different 
uh, quarterbacks, different skill position players, but the results have been the same. I don't have an answer for that either. I don't think it all goes back to the offensive line. Personally, I don't think it's as simplistic as you fix the offensive line. This team makes the playoffs, but I think you fix the offensive line. This team's a lot better than they, they have been. Yeah. You know, there might be something to that. And and I don't have those numbers in front of me to, to back up what Chris just said, but I feel like the teams that were the types of teams we're talking about. And I completely agreed with your list. Cardone is the Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Tennessee, green Bay. I feel like those teams have had the same offensive lineman for the last 25 years. It seems like, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, no, I'm looking at the Arizona Cardinals. I've barely watched them this year. This team is sitting at 10 and two. They outright, they have the best outright record in the NFL. They've been good for a couple years now, right? I don't know their overall record the last couple of years, but it's the Arizona Cardinals. No one even gives them a second thought. It's still, I'm even guilty of one of the, you know, somebody, I forget who, who it was mentioning in the media, you know, no one's talking about the Arizona Cardinals. I'm like, well, that's your fucking job, asshole. You're yeah. the one that's, you're, you know, the, you're the media, oh, you're the media. <laughs> you should be talking about them. Don't blame the fans sitting on my couch, you know, like sitting around. My, we're not talking about them at Mulligan's, you know, <laughs> but you know, they got, so I, I guess it's not only when I look at the giants, but when I, when I look at other teams and I'm thinking, how in the hell are these other teams doing what they're doing when I don't think they have a good quarterback or they don't have the best skill position guys, or, you know, they might not have the, the, the sexiest head coach or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. Can it all be is so if it is the offensive line, which I do think my my thought process has changed so much from the beginning of this year where I was like, ah, screw the offensive line. Let's get receivers. Let's get, you know, let's 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 let's, you know, get the skill position guys, you know, let's and I'm thinking, holy shit, like the offensive line. Yes, it is. Abs- without one, you can't win. You just can't without a good offensive line. So does that mean that all these other teams have their, what makes their line that much better or how are they able, this is a copycat league in every aspect, right? In terms of play calling schemes, this and that. So how in the world, Mike, to your point, I I think about this all the time too, different coordinators, different coaches, different players, different, how does it all look exactly the same the last five years? And really even going beyond that, you know, it takes 2016 out of the equation the couple of years before that were atrocious too. This team has been bad. This offensive line has been bad for a long time. How can, how is that possible? Well, we mentioned That's, this before coming on the air, but uh, what do you think the score of the giants game would have been last week? If, if Mike Glennon was two for three for 22 yards. <laughs> is it possible to have negative points? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was incredible. I, I mean, think about there's an NFL team game. Yeah, that, that won basically using the old Green Bay Packers philosophy from 1921. So that's a perfect example of, like, I don't know, is it game planning? Is it just what? I watched that game and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I really couldn't. Buffalo couldn't stop the run. They, these guys were running the ball on. They were getting nine yards on third and eight. New England. Can you imagine the Giants trying to attempt that game plan? I mean, is I mean, what what would how would they even get two yards? <laughs> what would forget about the score, Scott. How many total yards would the Giants have had? 
running the ball the way New England did the other night and throwing the ball, you know, three times, having two completions. How many 20, yards would the Giants have? 40? 20, 22 yards passing, 19 yards rushing. <laughs> 19 <laughs> yards on 56 carries. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the, to me, that game, what, what I saw when I watched that game unfold was this is Bill Belichick showing the media what he actually thinks of his rookie quarterback. Not that Bill Belichick thinks Mac Jones is terrible and is trying to protect him, but he clearly does not trust him in, in any sort of adverse weather conditions or anything like that. So we got the, the group that the media, they're pumping this guy up for MVP and Belichick's not letting him ruin the game for him. That's the, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the contrast of what I saw and what I hear. Uh, what I saw from Belichick, what I hear from the media. I don't know, you Mike. The it's... only thought I was thinking maybe was that, yeah, that obviously was the game plan was just, you know, to run, run, run. And it was working early on. So maybe had it not been working, was there sort of a, you know, a, a plan B and and let Jones, like Jones didn't have to throw the ball. So maybe as, you know, the game plan maybe kind of, you know, developed as, just based on the success they had running the ball, perhaps. I don't yeah, know. Maybe maybe that's too much thinking, but I, I, no, I was wondering I, if that was the case. I agree with that. I mean, my, my, my first inclination was even if Belichick had Matt Ryan, that there would have been more than three passes thrown in that game. If Matt Ryan is the true, is the Patriots quarterback, but I could also see where Belichick said, we're going to run the ball and we're not going to stop running the ball until we lose the lead. Yeah. And they just never did. Uh, yeah, so Until they stop us or lose lose the lead, right? Yep, and yep. So didn't I happen. Can, I, you know, the, I don't know if this goes to the overall quality of the game or the or the teams that are out there right now, but we've seen more bizarre things this year than I think I've seen in watching football. You know, we've seen the the Titans lose some to some really terrible teams, but win against some of the better teams. We've seen the Rams get hot and then look pedestrian. You know, we see people that are pumping up certain teams like the Ravens. Ravens have a ton of injuries, and now all of a sudden they look like they might be on the brink of missing the playoffs or coming close to it. I mean, just it's such a it's such a roller coaster league. You know, now all of a sudden people are pumping up Tua and the Miami Dolphins because they're on a five game win streak. People are pumping up, uh, you know, uh, San Francisco 49ers because they're starting to come to life. It just, it, this happens all the time. And, and by the way, the Carolina Panthers now are getting no love benching, <laughs> benching Cam Newton, <laughs> but, but I mean, to highlight, highlight that, that, that Mac Jones game, but then there was another stat that came and we've, we've talked about this all year guys. The giants have been outscored 52 to nothing at the end of the first half this season in the last, last two minutes of the half. Nothing. That's coaching. That's there's nothing else you can blame that on. That's coaching. You know, you might have some years where that gets lopsided and it's just sort of the luck of the draw, the way the end of the halves have fallen out. But 52 to nothing. That is piss poor clock management. That is, you know, there's there's a few things that add up to that. You know, it's it's not being aggressive. And, you know, seems like we're always punting the ball with three and a half minutes left. Um, that turns into points every freaking time. Um, you know, that you can't, there's no excuse for 52 to nothing. There's, guys, no, you, there's no fluke that happens that some, no. you're doing something wrong. If you're being outscored 52 to nothing. And even in this game, you know, when, when we're behind or we have a chance to, 
to take some momentum away, we're still punting the ball on fourth and short inside the opponent's territory. We're, I think we all, when there's three of us, well, no, let's, let's call it five of us. Cause there are five of us watching the game at the same time. And when five people are unanimously saying, why are we taking a timeout on third and 23 instead of just either make it third and 27 or, or, or get the playoff, you know, these kind of errors are happening game after game after game. It's both a lack of aggression as well as a lack of clock management. Yeah, the, the use of timeouts is just brutal. I mean, it's brutal around the entire NFL, but Joe Judge particularly is exceptionally bad at clock management. And that's something, like you said, the 52 nothing. I mean, we know that's been bad. I didn't realize that it was that bad now, Scott. I mean, that is, yeah, that is, you could easily point that to, cl- first thing, and Mike just said it, I, I don't want to repeat it, but it, clock that's clock management. That's, that's use of timeouts. That's not um, knowing the situation, the the you know, field position, all of that stuff. And that's all on coaching. So that's something where uh, how do you, if, if the, if the coach can't figure out how to fix that, then where do you go with that? You can't, there's nowhere else to go. The coach has to, has to be the one, the head coach has to be the one to, to clean all that up. And that's, and it's, that is completely on Joe judge right now. So there's, there were two coaches on this roster that a good excuse for why they were even there was to help a young coach in judge learning the game management. That was uh, that was one of the big reasons we were given why Jason Garrett was brought in, a former head coach. And if I'm not mistaken, Freddie Kitchens was associate head coach. Um, he had that title uh, at some point this year, I believe. Um, th- these are guys who have coached, head coached other football teams, and in some cases to some pretty good seasons. And I, I don't know if Judge is not has not given them the form. I, well, of course, Garrett's gone, so that doesn't matter. But I, I don't. But you know, fifty-two to nothing. A lot of that happened when Garrett was there. Um, I don't know if Judge is just not giving them the the opportunity. I don't know if he's going to them and and not going to them and saying, "Hey, fifty-two zip, something's wrong. You guys got to help me." Or or you know, I would think someone would come to him. I mean, that number is damning. That is a that's a. I had no idea it was that bad either, Cardone. And that's yeah. that's damning. I mean, that is because there's nowhere else to put it. No, that is the needle pointing right at Joe Judge's yep. forehead. Yeah. <laughs> right at his sack. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. That's 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 more appropriate. Thought that's where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking it. I just couldn't get the word out. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm just so. Right at this Agri- chop sack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a two-hour flight from Arizona to go out and see the Chargers this week. Uh, any any hope in this game, or are we are we saying we're going to be blown out by twenty, or is it going to be? Uh, I'm sure you have hope, you cockeyed optimist. <laughs> If if Glennon is the quarterback, I have no hope. If Fromm is the quarterback, I have no hope. If Daniel Jones miraculously sees a specialist, they say you're cleared to play Sunday. I have some hope. I'd agree with that. Uh, Chargers haven't been lighting anyone's uh, doors on fire, but you know, it's hard to preview a game. Um, when A, you don't know who you're trotting out at quarterback, and B, no matter who you trot out at quarterback, doesn't matter. So, uh, no, it's Chargers 28-3. Yeah, I have, yeah, like 31-6 written all over this game. 
That yeah. was that was the score I had, Mike. So it was very close to what you yeah. just just uh, laid out there. I was thinking, I just for some reason I just see thirty-one-six. I don't see the Giants again getting in the end zone. I mean, if you got Fromm running around, how are they going to score points? How are they going to how? You know, maybe they get lucky and get a turnover in the you know the the, the in the you know, the Chargers end of the field or something like that, and they kick a field goal. You know, Gano maybe has a 50-something yarder. That's it for the Giants? Nah, this is 31. And that's only if the Chargers don't feel like, you know, just put, putting it more on them. You know, they just go out there. This is – they just have to show up at their home – you know, their home field, SoFi Stadium, and just lay it to us. That's it. Yeah. This is one of these games absolutely don't have a prayer to be even within no. 20 points. 20. Do you think of someone like Belichick, if he were in this situation, we would see something radical here. Uh, and I know Joe Judge is not going to do anything radical. We're going to throw the same thing out there and get slaughtered. But, you know, uh, let's hey, let's do this. Let's play Barkley at quarterback and just run the wishbone all game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, j- j- I mean, let's try something. You know, I, I if we roll Jake Fromm out there, just going to get who cares? You know, get Barkley, get Barkley five yards, seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. Let him pick a hole. Let Tony, you know, Tony come in. Tony can throw it. I mean, and that's not, even, I mean, that's a gimmick. That's not even hope. That just make the game kind gimmick. of fun instead of, uh, instead of the getting your nuts dragged across the washboard yeah. for three hours. Is Tony playing? He's questionable. Uh, There's like 45 guys that are questionable. Barkley might not even play. Barkley has an ankle injury. Oh, today. fuck him. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Booker's running the ball better. So what? You guys yeah. got any uh, pet peeves this week? Oh. Want to get that started, Mike, or you want me to go? No, I, I, yeah, I got a couple. Uh, <laughs> my <laughs> Sound like you were ready to go. So, you got, you... <laughs> how much time have we got? Yeah, <laughs> lay it out there. My first one is we kind of touched on it earlier, and I, I didn't say much because I, I knew I had it as a pet peeve. But this whole thing in the league now, where coaches don't really trust their quarterbacks, and then the media turns around and jerks off on the quarterback as if he's the best thing that ever happened in the world. It's you know, it's these guys throwing these two yard dinks and dunks. And, you know, if you look at a game like the Giants are the perfect opponent for Tua and the Dolphins. So once it was kind of established that the Giants couldn't move the ball, eh, then they took some shots. If that game, if Daniel Jones had been in that game and that game stayed close, Tua never throws that ball beyond five yards. <laughs> Reminded me of the Super Bowl against Baltimore, where there was no way they were going to let, uh, Trent Dilfer fuck up that game until they realized, all right, we've got this offense handled. And then they let Dilfer take some shots and the game got out of hand. So that's what's happening now. So we have these guys who coaches don't do not trust uh, to put the ball in the air at all. And you know, we got these guys you're talking about, you know, what's going to happen here in the next few years is like these records for completion percentage. They're going to just fall by the wayside. And, and the media is going to jump on these guys like there's something. And, and this goes back a little bit to our favorite guy, uh, Fields. I mean, it, it's all the same thing. These these guys come in, they, they, you know, they're average at best. And the coach just refuses to let them lose a game. And, and you know, the media kind of wonders, you, know, you get midway through the season and you get these teams with these guys and they've got three, four, five wins. And if you're looking at the media, you're like, don't you get it? Don't you see? 
you know, you're looking at these numbers and the team's fucking two and nine. It's, this guy is not helping the team win at all. Yeah, that was so that was that was that one. And then my other one is I this is would be a short one. I, I can't stand when you're in a bar watching a game and someone who's not part of your fucking group comes in and just starts talking to everybody. <laughs> you're a sociopath. If you're listening and you do that, get help. That is, I mean, that is whose brain works that way. <laughs> well, not only that, it was one of the most awkward interchanges, so exchanges. So uh, let's tell the listeners what happened here. A guy comes up and he says to Chris, you got to be from up north. And Chris is like, uh, well, how did you think that? He goes, because you're short and have a big nose. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I had my Eli Manny jersey on, too. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in a bar stool. How can you tell how tall I am by, you know, if I'm sitting yeah. down? What is my torso that much shorter than the, the average guy? All you saw was like from like my chest up the fucking bar. Like what's what's he basing that on? I, and I've never actually thought of Cardone as being short. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. You know, what about the big nose? I don't know. The guy was calling me, you know, it's like, then he asked me, he's like, you Jewish guy from I'm like, what's going on here? Well, <laughs> meanwhile, there's a, there's a game. Yeah. On, uh, you know, it's, that's I'd like the I've talked uh, before we came on air about you know these guys. It, that is not the strangest thing that's ever happened at Mulligans by far. I mean that's that's one of the reasons why I didn't go there a bunch before I started going with you guys on Sunday is just just you never know what you're gonna get. But yeah, just to to complete the picture, I mean this guy was like seven foot four, looked exactly like Judge Reinhold by the way, <laughs> Brad <laughs> Hamilton. Brad Hamilton. I all I can do every time I turn around, I picture it with that little uh the pirate hat on. You know, he's working in the yeah. in the fish sandwich place. It's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's if you're listening to this and you're the kind of guy who just inserts yourself into other groups, just stop doing that. Nobody <laughs> nobody wants you in their group. You know, if a guy's sitting there by himself, maybe right. it's a yes. one-to-one ratio. Yeah, this guy was outnumbered like five to one. Yeah, no, I mean, he his a, way in. He took on the whole defense, man. He, you yeah. know, it was like it was like he was like Spreewell. He just took <laughs> off. Yeah, it, it was, was a one-man fast break. <laughs> yeah, like just five <laughs> guys are back on defense. He's just plowing through the the, the, the defense. <laughs> we didn't know if, if Spreewell was going to score or choke the coach. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Who's that? At least PJ? that's when the Knicks were competitive and relevant. Was that PJ oh, Carlos It was PJ. <laughs> you know the whole, uh, the whole the <laughs> whole the whole thing about that too is like had the Giants won that game handily, I'd probably be out here right now going, "Remember, remember <laughs> what was his name? Patrick. Uh, Patrick. Remember Patrick coming in buying the shots? That guy was awesome. That was awesome. No, no he, he he caught me in a bed." In a bad place. <laughs> so those are my pet peeves. Uh, media, media love for quarterbacks who don't throw the ball more than three yards, and Judge Reinhold going one on five against the defense. <laughs> Brad Hamilton, love the Brad guy. Hamilton. Doesn't anybody fucking knock anymore? <laughs> <laughs> 
The one that's <laughs> the most underrated line, perhaps, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. Right? When the insatiable Phoebe Cates oh. barrels in on him while he's doing a number on himself. I, I still like the, I could fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate TV repairman. Spicoli. <laughs> <laughs> always, always in the bathroom of the place he worked, like washing disgusting things off the mirror, like yeah. big hairy pussies. He's in there scrubbing it off the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> eat it. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, you see, we need we needed that to lighten up the mood. We were all angry today. Oh, I mean, yeah. We, so. Uh, any any pet peeves, Cardone? Yeah, I got a couple. I, you know, I, I'm going to start my first one. I have two. I'm going to start my first one just by asking a question to you guys, actually. What was the temperature in Miami, Florida on, on Sunday? Just guessing. I mean, what, what do you think? I don't even know. But like, what, what would you say it was? My, it's Miami, right? Eight, 80. 80. Let's yeah. say it's 80 degrees it's, it's on the field, right? 80, yeah. okay, 80 degrees away. Fahrenheit, right? Even the heat miser would consider that probably a warm, toasty day, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my pet peeve is... Why is Joe Judge that fuck chop wearing a like hooded sweatshirt with like a jacket on as an extra layer on on top of this hoodie? I know it doesn't matter that I like the hoodie, but like what I don't understand. This goes for all coaches around the league wearing this ridiculous heavy gear on the sidelines. It started years ago with guys wearing windbreakers inside in a dome. Do you, let me ask you guys a question, or our listeners. Do you ever just sit in your own home wearing a fucking windbreaker? Like, what? What do you break? The air conditioner? Like, what? What? What wind are you breaking that you're wearing a jacket indoors? I don't know why that. These are the little things that little intricacies in the NFL that drive me crazy. Most people probably wouldn't even notice that. They're probably thinking like Cardone. How do you even notice this stuff? The guy like some guy wearing a windbreaker. Because that's the stuff that drives me nuts. I want to know the thought process as Joe Judge is preparing to walk on the sidelines at Miami in Miami last week. You're in Miami. It's 85 every day all year. You know it's going to be hot. I want to know this guy. What? How in the? That would be if I'm the, if I'm part of the media and I'm doing I'm asking questions to uh, to the his post game conference Joe the uh, decision to wear the uh, the the thick material heavy cotton dual padded uh, hooded sweatshirt can you tell were you warm on the sidelines were you hot at any time I noticed the sun came out in the third quarter were you were you sweating this and that's the other thing too the guy wasn't even fucking sweating so that means he's not even he's not coaching that hard I think I've mentioned <laughs> that before on our cast like they he's not. Ah, Cardone, I'll answer that for you. Um, I'll I'll have to look at the tape. (laughs) 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 I, you know, I would, I would love, all right, let's see. Joe judges at the podium. Let's go. And you know, there's, there's one question about, uh, you know, you did, you punted there on on fourth and short. Oh yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Coach, what decision-making goes into the hooded uh, sweatshirt? It was, it was 80 degrees today with a relative humidity of 62. Uh, You know, what were you, was it cold in the locker room and you put that on before you came out? Uh, Could you answer, tell the, tell us about how you made that decision today. I'd love to hear it. I would love to hear it. I don't know why that kind of that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. I want to yep. know what the thought process of wearing a, a, a heavy full, like almost like a wool cotton hooded sweatshirt. That's what I want to know. Yeah. And then when he says, it. what kind of, what kind of question is that? Say it's the only question we're interested in because you suck and this team sucks <laughs> yeah. and nobody cares why you punted. 
I'll have to look at the tape. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Like, I'll have to look at the forecast. Oh, you, have to, you look at forecasts <laughs> in the past? You asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah. you had all week to look at the, at the, you know, to watch the weather channel. You know, just go look at Jim Cantori. <laughs> Uh, by the way, if it's some kind of good luck sweatshirt or something, that shit ain't working. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely not the not the reason. But anyway, just a, just a, one of my ongoing pet peeves is the the choice of uh, gear on uh, based on the you know the weather conditions. It drives me nuts. And ironically, my uh, my other pet peeve uh, also is weather related. Believe it or not, being the weather buff that I am, I do love the the Weather Channel and all the you know the, the, all the guys on the Weather Channel, but the so this past week, the the Clippers, aka the the Chargers, who we have this week, obviously, were playing in Cincinnati. Now, for those of us that are old enough to remember the 1981 Ugh. AFC Championship game, where the then San Diego Chargers were playing at Cincinnati, it was dubbed the Freezer Bowl, right? Because it was a frigid freaking day in Cincinnati, and the, the what people might not remember that was the week after. The epic in Miami. So San oh. Diego went from, again, in Miami, went from, you know, 85 in, in a swampy conditions a week later playing in, you know, they totally went from heat miser to snow miser a week <laughs> later. And the reason I bring up the freezer bowl is because guess what? The media has to, comp- you know, bring up, let's trot out the, the, uh, the 40 year old tape of the freezer bowl. The chargers are playing, you know, at Cincinnati this week. Haven't how many times would you say the Chargers have played at Cincinnati? Probably who knows? They play in the same conference. They may have been there 15 times in the last 40 years. Do we have to fucking trot out the freezer bowl reference every single time? You know what I mean? Can't we put that one to bed? Hey, guess what? Hey, NFL, here's an idea. How about coming up with like some the NFL today sucks so much? I'm such an old school guy. Let's make some new memories. Let's have some new. You know, something that we can t- hang our hat on in today's NFL instead of had a, having to trot out the, the 1981 films with John Facenda and, and Steve Sable and the boys. I'm tired of looking at that. So I'm my pet peeve is I'm tired of talking about the frozen tundra in Green Bay, the freezer bowl, the epic in Miami. Those are games from 50 years ago. Let's come up with some new memories. You know why it's, it sucks and we can't? Because of the fucking field turf, because of domes, because of $5 billion stadiums like SoFi, the pussification of the NFL, MetLife's. These stadiums suck. The NFL, it's the product sucks. I'm really going on an NFL rant. It, it, it sucks. What, so, what do they insane. show every time we play the, the Colts? Yeah. The, the, oh, they called it the greatest game ever played. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> And it, it wasn't, by the way. It looked no. like a piece of shit game. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have enjoyed right. that at all. No. Twenty three seven. It was a low scoring game. It was like seven, right? Twenty three yeah. seventeen final. I think in overtime, yeah. the greatest yeah. game ever played. I'm yeah. just, I'm it, tired of those nickname games still being, you know, just because the, L, you know, the Chargers were at Cincinnati, someone that you know is, is in, in, at the uh, ESPN or whatever, they're, they're trotting that one out. What's the last nickname game we have? Not the Giants. I just mean. The NFL. When when was the last game that got a nickname? The Fog Bowl in the eighties? No, I think the oh, miracle Music City and, Miracle. Yeah, Music, Music, City, Music City Miracle. Okay. But even that, that was uh two thousand uh, wait, that was two thousand. Either, either late nineties or, or early two thousands. Yeah. That was the year that, that was um wait, two thousand one. I think that was the year Tennessee went to the Super Bowl against the Rams that year. So that would have been yeah, yeah. two oh one. So that's twenty years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of 20 years ago, so uh, we were doing the math at the at the bar this weekend, but I think the three of us have been down in the South for close to 70 years combined. And, uh, you know, I still retain the upstate New York nasal A. I say the word salad. I, I don't really talk like a Southerner. I think you guys can hear Mike and, and, and Cardone. They, they don't really sound like Southerners. Brian Kelly is down at LSU for like a week. And the guy's already talking about family. <laughs> That's a red flag. What the f- I, like, I, I just have a disdain for people. Same thing with Madonna. She goes to London. All of a sudden she's like, yes, I'm a material girl. You know, it's like, what the hell happens to these people after like three days overseas talking like that? Was that just a, a decent <laughs> accent? I, I recognize that as a British accent. Did, did, we, did we establish that I can actually do a British accent? The, the all other accent team. God, that was awesome, Scott. But I mean, yeah, how is a guy going to lead a team when he, he he can't even convince people that he's not from the South? It's it's a red flag. It's it's just how phony that guy is. I mean, fake fraud phony. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so, so I had a, uh, that, that was a football related pet peeve. I have a giant related pet peeve and then I have a not even football related pet peeve. Oh, and God, then we have one question. So pissed off. I was pissed off this week. <laughs> so, um, my other pet peeve giants related is I cannot stand when a player leaves the giants and he does any iota of good and the fans go, Whoa, whoa why, why do we ever get rid of them? Meanwhile, they have spent so much time saying we need to get rid of this guy. So, you know, former Giants that are playing on teams that are playing well right now, and they may not even be doing particularly good, guys like DeAndre Baker for the Chiefs. Guy's getting burned when I'm watching him. Eli Apple with the Saints or whoever he plays for. He moves around. The guy is getting torched, and because the teams are doing okay, People are going, Eli Apple, why did we ever get rid of Eli Apple? Meanwhile, I don't know if you guys heard fans when DeAndre Baker got arrested. They wanted the guy cut like before they ever found out what was going on. Oh, what? He threatened someone with a gun? We got to cut him tomorrow. You cut That's- him? And, and and next thing you know, people are like, wait, 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 wait. Why'd you cut him? Yeah. And- that, that, yeah. That started, for me, that, that started with Tyrone Wheatley in the, <laughs> they went to the Raiders. And people are like, why'd we ever get rid of Wheatley? He's got a thousand yards. He's got a thousand yards on 950 carries. Like right. <laughs> Tyrone but, Wheatley. I mean, there are there are very few giants we let go of that actually come back and, and do anything decent. When you're when you're actually extolling how good Eric Flowers is playing, by the way, at guard, not even at tackle. He didn't want to play guard for the Giants, and, and 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 now he's playing guard, and he's not even doing great. He's just part of a team that's not as hideous as us. And Giant fans are like, well, it, it, we could add Eric Flowers. Flowers. Flowers no. would be a huge improvement for our offensive line right now. Yeah. I do have to admit that. But, yeah, I, I think you're right, Scott. We've done this before. I don't know if we've done it on the show here or not, but, you know, we try to try to name who's the, who's the biggest – loss that the Giants ever had that went somewhere and just made you be like, oh no. And and there just really isn't one that jumps off, which is why, you know, I, I led the show off today with if we let go of Daniel Jones, he'll be the one. 
He'd be the one. I have that feeling. I'm just saying. I think the biggest one is probably Ed McCaffrey. Don't we? Don't we say that might be it? I, he his name always comes up, and yeah. like, who gives a shit? I mean, any yeah. non the non kicker. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah, McCaffrey, you can make an argument, perhaps. I think he, he may have had like 100. Didn't he catch uh, over 100 balls? Denver, at yeah. least one year when he after. Yeah. With the Giants, yeah. He's a good player. I, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I, and I, I I don't remember the circumstances of the Giants getting rid of him, but I'm sure it's not because he sucks. I'm sure there was like a salary situation or an injury situation. I'm sure there was some reason, but. Mm-hmm. It's because Dan Reeves came to town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You need to you need to clear out for Broncos. <laughs> so my, my last pet peeve, and, and I'm going to keep this short because we could get in a ton of, of hot water on this one otherwise, and it's not meant to, to go in that direction. But I was scanning Twitter today, and, you know, I see on the side a, a headline from the USA Today. Math is racist. Now, the numerical calculation cannot define race, sex, gender. It's numbers being added together, being multiplied, being divided. Math cannot be racist. Now, I think what they were trying to get as the teaching of math can be racist. Understand, then write that in the, in the headline. Don't put math as racist because math is most certainly not racist. So my pet peeve is more around the way we misuse words to mislead people. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it happens all the time because we're a, we're a trigger happy nation that loves to glom onto any controversy. So people now are like fucking math. Math is fucking racist. Math. Numbers. Math, math and yeah. the Giants. The two most racist things. Scott, I don't know if you're trying to bait me or not, but I'm not gonna take it. So. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to bait you. I mean that's that was it. I was just you know. Before you hit, what about send, like algebra? Algebra has like letters and stuff in there too. Like, this is what happens when you start getting like to calculus or algebra or some of those other. Like, what happens then? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> algebra is sexist. Maybe. <laughs> so we do have a question sent in, and, and it's sent in from a Jet fan, and um, let, he he said we don't have to mention him, but we'll call him Dennis. We'll just say his name's Dennis. All right, Dennis. He may have sent in a question before, and his name may be Dennis or may not be. It might be a different that, name. Is that Dennis with one N like penis, or is that the two N <laughs> Dennis? Oh, no, it's not the French Denise. It's, oh, okay. All right. It's ah. actually Dennis with two Ns. Um, and, and I think this is a, a trolling question, actually, but he, he, he wants us to answer the following. Right. Do you think that the – and the number of descriptors here is the giveaway that it's trolling. Do you think that the Hall of Fame yellow jacket touched by the hand of God Saquon is the biggest giant draft bust of all time? If not, who is? By the way, he says, as a Jet fan, he has many, but his all-time draft bust is Christian Hackenberg, followed by Blair Thomas and Vernon Golston. That's quite a list. Yeah. Uh, the biggest draft bust of all time. I might It might have to circle back to me to come up with a better one. I don't think of all time. I... For the for the first time since he's been here, I, I don't know if I'd call him a bust because I, people sometimes forget what he was doing before he got injured. Uh, you know, <laughs> certainly not a bust at that time. Um, so I don't think he's a bust. But right now he's on my list of people um, 
I, I wouldn't have a heart attack if he weren't on this team next year. Um, but yeah, let me, let me think uh, for a minute while you guys are answering about uh, other potential busts. I, I got a couple. So I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think Bar- to me, Barkley's far from being the biggest bust because he, he had a rookie season that was one of the best in the NFL. And, and I, I think had he not had the injuries, he's, he's probably continuing along that path. I, for me, it's guys like Derek Brown. Mm, tight end. T- tight yep. end from Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. it's awful. The one-eyed wonder, Cedric Jones. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I don't even count certain guys. You know, a lot of people had Jared Bunch as a, as a, as a bust, but the guy got injured. David Wilson, he got injured. You can't really yeah. call those guys. To me, you I, can't call them plus, busts. I think we've plus, talked about this before. Ron Dane still, like, oh, like oh. he always is in the forefront of my draft memory is just, and I don't know. I'm trying to remember what pick number pick we we used on on Dane, but um, fourteen or something. It was yeah, something it was like that. Teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, he 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 ranks pretty high up on my <laughs> personal list of of you know just busts. Um, because again, he I don't remember him having like a significant injury or anything. The guy just sucked. I mean, we had um, I'm trying to remember at the time. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's it's. it's I, I'm trying to think of some others, but. Dane for me is is up there. I don't even think Barkley's the biggest draft bust on this team right now. But yeah, Evan Ingram was a first round draft pick. Don't don't forget about that. Yeah, he was. Um, DeAndre Baker, who we just talked about, was a first round pick. I'm not pulling these out of my ass. I actually have pulled up the list now. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Apple, Eric Flowers. I mean, these guys to be Prince of Mukamura, they were bigger overall bust than Barkley. Barkley did something. And Barkley, I still think he, I still think he could contribute. Just, I, I don't think he's, well, no running back is great for this offensive line, but a running back who dances around and looks for a hole to hit a home run every time is the worst thing you can have behind this offensive line. Well, and Barkley played like a number two pick his rookie season. So it isn't like he, yeah. he's never, he's never done anything a note, you know, it's like, sort of like if, if Panther fans are talking about McCaffrey being a bust because he's injured all the time. Yeah. I, I think injuries take a player from being a bust to just being an injured guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. He, like I said, though, he certainly is. Um, he's a guy who very recently has, has fallen out of favor with me because I don't, when I think about fixing this offensive line and I want the giants, what I want, what Mike, Mike personally wants the giants to be, I don't want a running back like Barkley. I, I, we've tried it. I've mm-hmm. seen it. You know, I, I can't abide by the two and three yard losses. I, I can't. Uh, a bad run should be no yards, one yard. Uh, you know, and it, it, I think we kind of knew we were getting that when we got Barkley. Like, you know, it was going to be again, and everyone can, doesn't have to freak out. I'm not comparing him at all to Barry Sanders, but he's that type of back. He's not as good as Barry Sanders. Uh, you know, maybe he could be. I don't have no idea, but he's that type of back where he's going to dance around and he's going to try to hit a home run on every play. And sometimes, by God, he's going to do it. Uh, but more times that he's going to do it, he's going to get tackled in the backfield for minus three. Yeah, his. I mean, what is his statistic as for number of carries for tackles for losses? I, you know, tackle for loss. I mean. It's got to, you know, I'm sure he, he, he's got to lead the league or be right up there. Yeah. 
you know, I know he missed a lot of time with you know, injury, but um, yeah, it's, it's nauseating uh, how many times he's tackled behind the line of scrimmage. And sometimes like to your point, Mike, it's not, you know, he, he's dancing around back there. Um, sometimes, you know, goddamn, just hit the hole and, you know, fall forward for two yards. It's better than a yeah. two yard loss. Well, especially behind this offensive line. Y- yeah. You've got to get forward as soon as you can. Yeah. It, it, he, these guys are not holding a block for you. So yeah, there's not a lot of space. You just got to slam it up in there. So if you, if you guys want to shout down giant Mike for comparing Barkley to Sanders or send us some questions, uh, you can hit <laughs> us up on Twitter at angry underscore three. So, uh, you know, we have had some questions come in here. Still haven't heard from the champ. What I'd like to know, and maybe this is the question because I know how, how, uh, Denny would answer this, but, um, what would he do if the giants, uh, cut or traded Barkley and he ended up on the jets? I believe this story would change. Mm-hmm. Just say it. Just say it. Probably. <laughs> You guys got anything else tonight? I really don't. Just waiting for another, just, I don't know, debacle coming up on Sunday. I've always hated going out to L.A. even when we had good teams. So having a bad team and going out to L.A. just seems like pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, what the hell they have going on out there, by the way? Teams just jump in cities every three years. Vegas, Oakland, L.A., San Diego. Oh, so we'll go to St. Louis for a few. What the? Stay with the fucking city. <laughs> God. I don't even I, know where anyone is. I've always felt that way. Like, why would you leave St. Louis like, that's, that had a good fan base, big baseball town, too, sports fanatics, and you go to L.A. where people could give a shit. They're, they're drinking macchiatos instead of going to a football game. They're tailgating with wine bottles. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I, I'm sure there's no conflict of interest to like ESPN moving their headquarters to the fucking stadium that one team <laughs> plays in. <laughs> They're not going to get any favorable treatment. They have to see these guys in the fucking hallway. <laughs> Pick a city, stay there. Remember, you guys, I don't, I don't know if you guys are Simpsons fans. You remember when Homer stopped going to church? Yes. And and God, he's, God was talking to him, and he's like, I understand why you don't go to church, Homer. I, I like football too. Does St. Louis still have a team? No. <laughs> All right, we are the three angry giant fans. This has been Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone, and and hopefully we're well, well we're going to be angry next week, but but hopefully we're 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 accepting that we're going to be angry rather than just we're pissed off for the first half hour tonight. I think. Yeah, well, I'm still pissed off. <laughs> I know, but at least we laughed. <laughs> leave the leave the mics rolling for the after show today. <laughs> All right, people, we'll talk to you later. We're out. Have a good week.